In honor of Black History Month, High Culture Convos wanted to take a deep dive into the impacts of Black representation in media. For the next three weeks, I will be joined by a panel of Black TMS staffers to discuss Black representation on screen, in the music industry, and in the award show circuit. For this first episode, I am joined by campus and community editor Bria Lumpkins and staff writers Sarah Bay and Justine Jackson. Today we will be discussing Black representation on screen. I'm David Kwiatkowski, and this is Pop Culture Convos. Hi guys, thank you so much for joining me for this discussion. My plan is to just moderate this conversation, let you guys just speak your minds. So I'm really excited to hear what you guys have to say. So I guess we can just kind of lead into my first question about Black conversation on screen is like, when would you say is the first time that you saw yourself represented on screen? I guess either good or bad, either way, but just the first time that you yourself felt seen. Bria, if you wanted to start with that one. I think the first time that I can remember seeing myself represented on screen was Princess and the Frog, the Disney movie when it came out. I remember, I think it was like eight or nine, and I begged my mom to take me to the theater to go see it because it was so cool to have like a black princess. And the lady who like babysat me at the time, her name was Miss Sherry, like as soon as it went on DVD, she bought it and I would watch it over and over and over. Like, I just remember that moment and being in like a packed theater and like, wow. This is the first Black princess. Oh, yeah. That was my first time. Yeah. And I think, like, it's also, like, Disney's doing um, Splash Mountain, which was used to be based on Song of the South, which is a highly problematic movie, is now getting changed to be about Princess and the Frog, which is, like, Tiana's getting her own ride. So I'm so excited. Sarah, what about you? What was your first time that you saw yourself represented on screen? I would say the first time I saw myself properly represented on screen was very recently. So I got into Grey's Anatomy over quarantine. And so one of the doctors on there, Maggie Pierce, she always talked about herself being like a nerdy kid and like a very, you know, loner type of kid. And I'm not going to be like, oh, you know, I had no friends growing up. But it was just like she's a very nerdy black girl. And that's the first time I really saw myself on TV because she was like, you know, she's talking about the struggles she had in high school and all that. And I was like, me too, Miss Girl. So first time for me. What about you, Justine? So the first time I saw myself on TV was really with characters like Zendaya, Madison Pettis, and Symphony Miller, like on Nickelodeon and Disney. And I realized that being a lighter skinned uh, biracial person, I have so much more representation than others, but I was able to see these like brown girls who had light skin, but were still accepted into the black community, which was, so it was weird for me growing up in a white family for the first part of my life. And then seeing these characters and still allow them to be black in those spaces where they're still kind of like light and they also interacted with you know the white community too so it was kind of cool to see that I, I did have a place and these girls were able to find a place on tv and you know I just kind of looked like them I wanted to be like them but I did just kind of want to also reiterate that I understand that my ability to have representation in the media is so much more likely just because of the lightness of my skin and that I totally understand that darker skinned women and people in general are just not as represented. When you see a black woman on screen, she's gonna be a lighter skinned black woman most likely. Yeah, could I like interject with that real quick? Like I currently get Justine's point for sure because I was really trying to rack my brain of like women's earliest representation and it was like proud family, but then Penny is lighter skin. We had That's So Raven, but I was like a little too young to really watch it as it came live. And then we had just 
a lull where there was barely any black girls on screen up until like Shake It Up and Ann Farm, you know? But even then they were lighter skin like Justine was saying. So yeah, that question was really hard for me to try to find the answer because it was just like no representation for us growing up. Can I also add a point too? I think the times when I did see like women of my shade represented on screen, it wasn't always like the most positive representation either. Like I think of, I can't remember which Tyler Perry movie it was, but it was like, it was always the darker skinned black women who were like in these horrible abusive relationships and had all these struggles. And then like their lighter skinned cousin was like living the dream or like some lawyer somewhere. So like, I definitely get that. And it was, I always felt some type of way, like, why can't I have like a good triumphant story once in a while? So I totally get that. Yeah, those are all great points. So I'll segue into like my next question, which is a little bit more, I guess, fun. What are your favorite black films and TV shows? Sarah, you can go first this time. My favorite would be A Different World, which is a show that came on from 1987 to 1993. It is a spinoff of The Cosby Show. However, Debbie Allen was the main producer, and we love Debbie Allen. They had really, really good conversations about what it is to be Black. You know, like there was, you know, the lighter-skinned main character, Whitley, but her roommate was also darker-skinned and were heavyset. And they talked about colorism, they talked about classism, they talked about sexism within the Black community, and they had real genuine conversations around it, which is really hard to find even within Black media. So A Different World is definitely my top for Black media. What about you, Justine? So my experience with Black TV and films, like I said, growing up in a white household and then in a Black household as I grew older, I just kind of missed a lot of the traditional Black TV shows like, you know, Martin, Girlfriends, like things like that. But I, I never really particularly cared for TV shows and like movies all that much anyway. But there were a few like recent movies that I just love that I would consider Black movies like Ma Rainey's Big Bottom, <laughs> Big Black Bottom, I think on Netflix, it's just beautiful. There's passion and there's soul and there's so much beautiful melanin and it just comes to life in that movie. And then there are, like, I prefer documentaries or like social commentary type things. So I, I loved the 13th. I thought it was brilliant and so educational, so informative. And it just provided this undeniable proof of the things that we've been talking about all along. And it was awesome to just kind of see it there like, yes, this is something that Black people experience, and this is why, and this is how we know this is why. And then as far as kind of non-social commentary, I really enjoyed Black Panther. I thought that was such a fun movie. I don't typically enjoy superhero or action movies, but I thought that was so much fun, and I, I just realized the importance of having Black characters on the screen who were powerful and who were going with African roots and they were, you know, doing the film in such a way that respected African culture and was able to pull pieces of it into it and stuff like that. So I really enjoyed that movie, but generally speaking, I prefer like social commentary movies and documentaries and stuff like that. And I think that they offer such a great voice when they're done well, that is missed often. For sure. I also like, I think of like black documentaries. I don't know if you guys have ever seen Paris is Burning, which about like the black LGBTQ scene in Harlem, New York. That's a must see. And I literally changed my life when I saw it in my American studies class. And just like how I view like how black LGBTQ people are kind of like the backbone of American pop culture. And it's kind of hidden, like it's very sad. But what about you, Bria? What is your favorite black film or TV show? 
I grew up watching Martin a lot with my family. That was pretty much one of my favorites. And I also recently finished Girlfriends on Netflix. I'm actually so excited. This is the time now they decided to put it on Netflix because it's kind of, the, I'm in the similar age range. It's kind of like a young 20s, 30s, Black professional women growing up and having love and heartbreak and going through things like that. So I thought it was really cool to see that now, like kind of like a coming of age kind of show. Yeah, so kind of to shift to, I guess, a little bit more of a sadder tone, I guess, because now we're going from favorites to least favorites. But in recent years, we haven't seen more Black representation in TV and film. But I guess, is there like a specific show or film of representation of Black culture that made you feel uncomfortable, angry, or just any sort of way? Justine, do you want to start with this one? So one of the things that I wanted to talk about with this one, there are a lot of them. A lot of these that we see about there's this thin line that we walk between like celebrating black voices being heard black people being seen but like what they stand for (laughs) and the stories behind it not being as worthy to celebrate and i think one of the biggest examples that i've seen with that are things like the help and then like tyler perry movies these are you know examples of successful black people big roles big big movies but they have these stereotypes in them that just are not good for the black community. And I, I, I recognize that a lot of people actually picked up on the issues with the help over last summer because it was kind of like praised. But again, it kind of goes back to this, this white savior and the focus is just in the wrong place. But it also furthers the, you know, the mammy stereotypes and things like that, that, you know, bringing that back to light and portraying her in such a way while also like praising the the white women in it and like minimizing her role in it just kind of rubbed me wrong and then there are a lot of Tyler Perry movies that just kind of rub me wrong because it's always the light-skinned woman who ends up happy and blah 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 or the main character and then it's always a sassy black woman and it emasculated black men and it's just kind of like it really plays into these stereotypes that are often used against black people and while it you know turned in money for Tyler Perry and it gave him a voice and he does traditionally bring in new black voices and actors and faces. I don't think that he does a great job of highlighting some of the more intricate parts of black life. It's very, it's very much a show and that's what it's for. Obviously it's a movie. It's supposed to be entertaining, but just having these stereotypes in the front of people's minds when they see black creators and they see, you know, some of the biggest black people that they'll see are people like Tyler Perry and these movies like the help and stuff like that. And so these are what they're going off of. These are being quietly ingrained into their brain for how a black person acts, what a black person finds to be cultural and um, important to them. And I just don't think that these types of films are doing a great job of showing really truly who black people are and what they go through. And I think that they could do a lot more to get away from these stereotypes as, as opposed to furthering them. Yeah. So I guess, Bria, what was your, I guess, problematic representation on screen that you saw? I just want to say, I definitely agree with everything Justine said. And to like jump off of that, for me in my own personal experience, if I wasn't seeing Black people represented in a Tyler Perry film, the only other time I really saw it was movies like The Help or like 12 Years a Slave or things like that where Black people were enslaved or in chains and like very just sad 
heavy movies and I always wondered why can't we like show our love story show our like our triumphs things like that it was every time I saw a black person on screen it was in somehow some way negative it wasn't until recently that we're seeing positive representation and like positive love stories involving black people we still have a ton of work to go but it was also frustrating that like me growing up as a teenager in 2000 whatever still had to wait so long to get that type of positive representation so yeah, for sure. Sarah? Yeah, I definitely agree with everything that Bria and Justine said. The one thing I can think of is an episode of Grownish, maybe season one or two, where they try and tackle the conversation around colorism. But the issue is, is that there are no dark-skinned people on that cast. The darkest woman are Chloe and Hallie, who are still in themselves brown skin. And they're like in the episode saying like, why don't the black guys on canvas go for dark skin girls, X, Y, Z, which, you know, is an issue, but that's not the show to have that conversation because they themselves, there's no dark skin people on that cast until recently with Ryan Destiny. And so I think that when there is like representation, it's like not, they go around the conversation the wrong way. Another movie I was not a fan of was The Hate You Give that came out. It was just, well, one, because again, colorism, Amanda Stenberg is light skin and they are not the color of the girl who was on the original cover who was brown skin. And so just a lot of misrepresentation lately has been due to colorism. Everybody wants to sign on the biracial girl. Everyone wants the girl with the 3C hair. There is no good representation for anybody else who isn't that. I was just going to say, especially with Kenya Barris and Blackish and Grownish and all his multiple like stream of shows that he has, he's been called out about that many times. Like he talks about the Black struggle and the Black experience, but only includes one voice all the time. Like even in his newest show, I think it's called Black as Fuck on Netflix. And the family is completely light-skinned, but they have conversations about the Black experience, especially things that happened after George Floyd and the civil unrest this past summer. And not that those experiences aren't valid, but even after being called out so many times in Kenya Barris, like having this platform in mainstream TV to share the Black experience for him not to include other like shades of brown skin is also kind of disappointing to me. Yeah, I think I remember seeing backlash about that because I, Azalea Banks, who is also a problematic figure in herself, but also called out Rashida Jones for being on that show. Rashida Jones is a mixed girl. You cannot kind of speak about the issues on that show. It's kind of a problematic thing a lot of people call out for that I didn't even realize kind of until you guys were talking about it now and how much of an issue it is. So that kind of segues into our next question. We've also seen an increase in films documenting the Black experience in American American life, such as Get Out and Queen and Slim. After watching these films, how did you feel and do you think it was an accurate representation? Sarah, do you want to start on this one? Yeah, I was not the biggest fan of Queen and Slim. I won't even hold you. I we can have a whole nother podcast of why I don't like that movie but it's just you know if it's in a fantasy fantasy world so to speak of what would happen if black people got away with shooting a white cop why is it still at the end of the movie (laughs) we get shot you know like why is it every black movie every black tv show you get shot we have no escape like we see the news darn near every day and we see death of people who are like us and then we go to a movie theater and try to escape. We try and watch TV show, try to escape. No, you're gonna get shot at the end still. So I didn't like Queen and Slim for that reason. And a lot of recent, you know, political movies where it's just like Bria was saying earlier, I just want a black movie. I want a black love story. I want a black whatever, X, Y, Z, any sort of fantasy movie even. 
and not get shot at the end. White people can have so many different stories of a girl going to college, you know, someone trying to find their place in the world and they don't get shot at the end, you know? So like, I just want stories like that. Don't think that's too much to ask. I agree. There's been so many films around the Black experience that I've seen and put into the category of movies that I will only watch one time. Not because the cinematography was bad or like the visuals were terrible or even that the plot or the screenplay was bad, simply because I'll finish the movie and feel traumatized because I'm reliving like the events on the news over and over and over. And I, I feel like ev- even after the past summer, we have civil unrest. I, even when George Floyd passed away, there are people who are like, trying to raise awareness and repost the video of a cop kneeling on his neck. I don't want to see that. Like I've seen it one time and I don't want to see it anymore. That's not something that's enjoyable for me or is a good way to spread awareness about what happened. It just re-traumatizes me personally over and over. And I don't like the idea of the way that we have to educate people is traumatizing Black people into things we've already seen over and over. I don't think that's the best method of doing things. And like Sarah said, after my brother went with my uncles to see Quinn and Slim, after the credits rolled, me and my brother sat in the theater until the people came in and swept the popcorn off the floor. I was just in shock. Like I I was glued to my seat, not in a positive way, just because like I didn't know how to feel. And it's sad because that could be reality. Like it was so scary to see that happen. So yeah. Justine, what about you? So I kind of agree. I didn't, I did not finish Queen and Slim. I just got busy and it wasn't, it's just not my kind of movie, but because it was highly spoken about I decided to try to watch it but just not my kind of thing and then kind of same thing with get out I did watch that one all the way through but again just it's it's the reality for black people and so these fictional representations of it aren't effective to me because there are so many true stories that we could tell if you really wanted to get out the awareness of the way that you know casual racism turns into violence and promotes the death of black bodies and you know things like that And it's true, it speaks to the reality for the Black existence in the U.S. But, and kind of going off of what everybody else was saying, I think the point is that these movies are not for us. They're for white audiences. They're to tell white audiences about the things that they think do not go on. We know that these things happen, but they have to make it in a palatable way for white people so that they can kind of see, "Uh uh-oh, this is not good. We should not be racist. And it seems like the best way for them to do that is to fictionalize our experience into something palatable. But the fact of the matter is there are true stories, there are real life examples of these horrendous things that we're talking about. And these are ways to promote these conversations, but with real actual events, real actual lives that have been impacted by this stuff. And a lot of people's perspective is, you know, I think we don't want to see that. And that's that's kind of where I was going with the fact that these movies are not made for us because we don't need to see that. We already know. Movies for us, black movies for us, would be movies with black romance. They would be movies about black people finding a place in society. It would be movies about inspiring black people to live in a society that is not necessarily built for them, but figure out either how to make it built for them or how to be comfortable in that system. Those would be black movies for black people no for sure and even to that token when you think of representation of black film and oscars 
Moonlight was a very big deal when it won, but it's about a very tragic love story of how hard it is to be in gay in the Black community. And the following year, Green Book won, which is essentially a white savior narrative. It's about a white man. It ends with him trying to, like, solve racism. But who is that for? Like, that's not, that's not for Black people. That's for white people to feel better about themselves. You saying that, and then Justine's point reminded me of, do you guys remember in hidden figures where she has the montage of her running back and forth to the colored bathroom and then the white boss comes out of nowhere and like takes like a whatever rod and like throws the whites only bathroom sign down that part was like completely ahistorical and never even happened and so to justine's point whereas like that part was very obviously for white people to make themselves feel better that they you know they did something good for us poor black people back in the day when that like never actually happened so to kind of segue into the next question, so Bria was saying earlier, the civil unrest that occurred this past summer with George Floyd and just the countless Black Lives Matter protests, Netflix took the step of adding films and TV shows that were centered around Black voices and characters like Girlfriends and Sister Sister. The only thing is that many of these shows already existed, and while like it is good exposure, do you guys see a potential issue in streaming services not creating new shows centered around Black characters and voices and kind of either just putting them on there or just rebooting them. So do we see an issue with that? Bria, do you want to start? I can potential potentially see an issue with that. Just like I was saying earlier, I want to see new beautiful stories of Black people being happy, being in love, or even going through a struggle, I guess, for a plot that isn't just terrible and historically just rooted in deep racism. I want to see Black people going through real things that like everybody else goes through. Not that the other things are important, but just for me, like how Justine was saying, I want those kind of Black movies made for Black people about our, our experience. But I think them rebooting as opposed to creating new shows kind of speaks to how there's a lack of space for Black people in these industries. And I hope it's a signal to places like Netflix and these big production companies to make room for these people so these stories can happen. Because there, there's so many talented Black people in the world, I, I can't believe that there's no one who wants to do something like that. The, the seat at the table like has to be made or not that it has to be made. They they need to allow that to happen, to make room for that to happen. No, for sure. Sarah and Justine, do you want to jump off of that? Yeah, what I'm trying to think of what Bria was saying is that just make it more intentional. Don't just throw in Black shows just to give us a adequate, you know, tag under Netflix. Really make the stories intentional. Don't make it the equivalent of posting a black square on June 2nd, you know, like really <laughs> be intentional with what you're posting and like making sure we have adequate representation because if you're just going to throw in a black cast and make them all light skin or make them all die at the end, then I don't, I don't want that. You can keep it, you know, being again, intentional about what directors or you, what actors or producers and making sure they're black people telling the stories that they want to tell, then yes. To kind of jump right off of that, yeah, I definitely agree that on the one hand, there's some representation, people are able to see it. And that's kind of the start. But the thing is, we're way past the start now. We don't need people saying, ah, yes, Black people are creative. Here's a movie to show it. We need to see these stories told well. We need to see our stories and our lives portrayed positively. And the current selection that we have just doesn't do it. And there are so many more stories to be told that, yeah, I think that we do, you know, especially if we can have this, the frame of mind to be like, okay, we need to put more black content. Then we need to have the same 
mindset that says, okay, we need to make good black content to produce. We need to have positive movies. We need to show real representation, not just like clearly what's been there has not been extremely effective. And like I said, on the one hand, there's the idea that it's getting the representation out there. It's a step, but we're past steps at this point. We need real action. We need real change. And if Netflix is interested in doing that, which, you know, promoting black stories on their site seems to suggest that, then they need to actually step up and do what they're trying to portray themselves as doing. For sure. And I think that's a perfect segue into our final question, which is what areas of film and TV would you guys want to see more representation in? Justine, do you want to kick that one off? Yeah. So, you know, again, the LGBTQ movies, this ties into the idea of showing black love is super important without the tragedy. Black love in general, without the tragedy. I would love to see coming of age stories. I'd love to see, you know, the things that impacted my life growing up that didn't, that weren't necessarily tragic, but just kind of part of life. You know, that conversation with my grandma about what color am I? I asked her, am I, am I black or am I white? And she said, no, you're just seen. But there are just a lot of ways that we could show black life that is just not terrible and distressing to see we don't need to be looked down upon like people really did us a solid by letting us into society because you know our lives are horrible and that's not the case we we deserve to be here we deserve happiness we deserve love we deserve stories that show our lives and that can come in these romances these comedies i also kind of think that there should be more interracial families Everything is always a white mom, white dad, black mom, black dad. In some places, we're doing white moms, black moms, white dads, black dads. Based on society, that's what is shown. But we can promote the idea that of all skin colors and the idea that we all belong together. And I think that that could come really easily just with more representation of different skin colors and the acknowledgement that these skin colors can also come together. And it creates all of the colors of the rainbow yeah Bria, what about you yeah i definitely agree with everything justine said from top to bottom but i also wanted to say i think representation like shouldn't have a starting point in our lives i definitely think they should start young and have black children be seen and represented on tv and film as well me seeing princess and the frog at nine years old was great but it should start even before that and as i grow up i continuously would want my children one day to just see themselves represented in films when they get older it doesn't seem like something that's strange or novel like how Black Panther, wow, the first Black superhero. Like, I don't want that to be the continuous feeling throughout our entire lives. Yeah, because there's this narrative that there can only be one. Like, Tiana's the Black princess, and there's one Black American girl doll, where it's like, why can't we have multiple of each? And it shouldn't always be the first. Sarah, what about you? Yeah, I definitely agree with everything Brian Justine said. I want it to be to a point where 30 years from now, we won't have to ask a Black person when was the first time you felt represented because you won't be able to pick one time. You know, your first baby book is going to be a Black girl or a Black boy just being a baby. You know, your the shows you watch growing up are going to be filled with Black cast and like you don't have to think about really rack your brain of, oh, when was the first time I saw myself on TV because it'll just be normal. You know, I also want to see us in everywhere. Like, I want too many Black people on screen, if that's even possible, you know? I also want to see us in, like, reiterating what I've been saying this whole time, just I want to see us in boring stuff. 
you know, just, I want to go to a black movie and say, okay, that was cute. That was all right. I want us to, I want us to have that too. Like I want us to be represented everywhere, everywhere. So yeah, I, I was so enlightened just sitting here and just listening to you guys speak because this easily could have been just me being a white man trying to talk about black representation and that's problematic in and of itself. So I am just so grateful for you guys coming on and speaking your truth. I'm just so appreciative that you guys wanted to do this. So I'm very, very excited for the next couple of weeks and our next episode. So I just want to thank you guys for joining and yeah, I'll see you guys next week. This episode of Pop Culture Convos was produced and edited by David Kwiatkowski, Bria Lumpkins, Sarah Grace Hayes, and Maggie Pena with supervising production from our editor-in-chief, Chris Finell. Our theme music is by Sam Terribolini. That's all for Pop Culture Convos. Stay tuned for our next episode next week about Black representation in the music industry. Thanks for listening. I'm David Kwiatkowski.